The Red Lamp District, Episode 3, St. John's Incredible Journey. Oh, I forgot. You got coffee. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Lamp District, episode numero three. <laughs> to my right, right is Dr. Chris Hackett. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Chris. Hey, That's John. me speaking on behalf of everyone listening, <laughs> saying howdy. Yes. And to Chris's left is myself, me, myself, and I. The man, the myth. The man, the myth, the once and future legend. Um, John, yeah, hey, I'm John. So, uh, number three, no, the episode number three, uh, last week you, well, last episode, whether you're listening to it last week or not, for us it was last week, Chris, you you spoke about your own conversion, uh, first to Christianity and then to Catholicism. Give us a little synopsis there. Much more to be said, obviously. There's there's so much more to those stories that can be contained in you know in just one podcast episode. But um, but yeah, you gave us kind of the overview and yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Thanks, man. I learned something new. I've known you for a while, but mm-hmm. I've I learned I learned uh, new things about cool. you. Cool. Yeah. So okay. I can only imagine what our listening audience learned about you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if they haven't known me before, they've learned a lot. Yeah. So. Um. So this is sort of a celebration episode, being number three. It, well, yeah, and and it happens during the week of, of uh, the solemnity of the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Some things are just too weird to I, be yeah. flukes like that. It's I just, mean, is that what you were getting at? <laughs> <laughs> I am now. All right. Yeah, I like that. Or just number three. Number three, like tr- celebrate it because it's number three. Yeah, because it's our third one. Okay, right on. But I do like that connection with the Trinity. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, go with it. I mean, we can find a reason to celebrate every episode. <laughs> we should, yeah. right? Yeah, it's important. It's like uh, it's like some kind of like strange self-help. Like, you just got to find a reason to celebrate things and just yeah. celebrate it. Gosh <laughs> darn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. why I put that giant mirror up in front of us and we just stare at it. Oh, yes. Yes, that uh, giant, we are. giant dark cloth mirror right in front of us there. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, what you, uh, you know, you know, we're still kind of finding our groove in terms of the podcast, like how this, how each episode rolls and everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was thinking it might be fun to, uh, talk about every week, like what what we've been reading, watching, listening to just anything that kind of pops up above the fray to to maybe lead things off. Um, cause you know, one of the things we want to do in this podcast is really like, um, you know, it's it's wide. Like the the topics are wide open. Like the central thing is like, you know, the search for meaning and uh, Catholicism, and uh, but like everything should contain something of that search for meaning, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so what do we? You know, it's kind of like what have what's been on our minds in the past week, um, and what do we think's worth talking about and maybe exploring a little bit and encouraging mm-hmm. others to maybe check out. Cool. So. Cool. You you brought a book. You want to you want to start yeah, things I off. I want to do a little show and tell or Yeah, go ahead. Like but I do want to ask you what you did last night. Oh, you want you're asking me? I want to do that, but I, do you want me to go first? I I'm happy to. I'm happy to go first. You are always. This, this is getting a little personal though. You're asking me what I did last night. <laughs> I know, I know. I uh, just want to ask you what you did last night. Um, let's see. 
What did I do last night? What happened last night? Oh. I'll tell you what happened last night. Okay. I went to see Vampire Weekend at Ascend <laughs> Amphitheater in downtown Nashville. Nice. Um, nice amphitheater, by the way. Yeah? It's right there on the Cumberland River. like the name. Um, yeah, well, Ascend as in Ascend Federal Credit Union. So, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> this show brought to you by... Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so not not a uh, explicitly Catholic amphitheater necessarily <laughs> devoted right. <laughs> devoted Nothing to the to Ascension. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to see this band called Vampire Weekend, which some of our listeners uh, may be familiar with. Did you convince them to come on the show today? Or um, almost, okay. almost. Uh, you know, they they just they had to get back on the road, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's busy being a touring yeah, touring it's early. band. Um, no, um. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about one of their songs later in the uh, later in the episode um, when we do our our music segment uh, explicitly. But mm-hmm. um, they they are a fascinating band. Um, they're they're very um, like first of all, you're like Vampire Weekend. What the heck is that name? Right? You're like like you, you think it must be some kind of like goth, like strange goth band mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, um, sure. And they they're nothing like that like they're strange but their music really is more rooted in um like paul simon's graceland Mm -hmm. like a lot of his you know mid-period solo stuff yeah um but with a with a more um new wave kind of kind of punk feel to it okay um but it's very like it's it's like super it's like ridiculously catchy music yeah um but it's it can sound deceptively like it, 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 the sound can be deceptive of it, I would say. Like, the surface-level sound can be deceptive mm-hmm. um, because it's really deep. Like, there's... The lyrics are just fascinating. Um, uh, I... And that's why I want to deal with one of these songs yeah. later. Um, but, like, their late, even their latest album, um, which I know you were kind of still mulling over. You said you were still mulling over a little bit. But yeah. even that album, like, you listen to the lyrics. And the songs are, like, again, they're, like, super catchy. Um, it almost has, like, a Grateful Dead sort of, like, you know. It almost, like, to me, the new album sounds a lot like um, it's it's kind of influenced by, um, like, Touch of Grey by Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, the Grateful Dead's really biggest hit. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're li- like, lyrically just really fascinating themes going on. And... Um, so we're going to get into talking about that a little later um nice. in in terms of one of their songs which I think may be like their the the most significant song of of uh of their career although I don't consider myself necessarily an expert on the band so there's probably other songs but anyway that's what yeah. I was doing last night you asked mm-hmm. what I was doing last night mm-hmm. and um yeah that's so fun. took the took the missus to go see Vampire Weekend. She's a huge Vampire Very Weekend nice. fan. She loves she loves Vampire Weekend. But I was I was really surprised at how um speaking of Grateful Dead like mm-hmm. when I we, we saw Vampire Weekend set like maybe 10 years ago at the Ryman uh when they were touring for their second album and they were much they were just a four piece then and it was much more like they just played the songs, right? Mm-hmm. They had like an expanded lineup last night and I was really impressed by how they've become kind of like a jam like they're not nice. a jam band per se but like cool. they would really like expand a lot of the songs and do so much more instrumentally uh they've they've picked up a couple of like amazing musicians mm-hmm. to accompany them so wow. and i really like that when a band plays live and does more with its songs like takes like kind of yeah. you know plays this plays the song as you know it but then like kind of mm-hmm. you know I, i'm not a huge fan of like the 30 minute extended jams but like you know taking 
taking kind of a cool motif and, yeah. and going, you know, yeah. uh, an extra five minutes on it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's really cool. That's so, cool. Yeah. Um, Sounds great. Yeah. Check them out. Check out the va- the band Vampire Weekend. Yeah, um, we'll try to have them on the show one at some point. Uh, we can ask. You can, it never hurts to ask. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll call them later. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was doing. Well, what, okay. What, what you got going on? Well, uh, the in-laws left. Oh, okay. So everything's back to normal at home. All right. Uh, Marianne and I started a new show, Netflix. Right. Rectify. 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 I have not. I haven't uh, even heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. What's it about? It's about this guy. He, uh, you don't, well, he, the, he leaves prison. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's on death row for 20 years. And wow. And new evidence emerges and he, um, he gets not exonerated, but the, uh, his, you know, his, uh, sentence is overturned mm-hmm. because the, the proof's not there. So, but they don't know if he actually did it or not, but it's an, I guess the, the idea is that he's coming out of prison after 20 years and trying to get back into normal life. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll probably watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's, that's a, <laughs> huge, a huge, I, I'm not a huge <laughs> phrase for the show. I can see it like yeah. advertising for the show. <laughs> and like you know, they show like again. Oh, here's what audiences are saying about Rectify. Well, I don't know. We'll probably watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I honestly, don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, we, all right. we did that. Cool. And then uh, I, I did bring a book that I've been reading. Yeah. So I finished the third Harry Potter. I prob- probably, re- <laughs> pro- probably read it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about this book either, but it's you know fascinating in a way. So you finished the third Harry Potter, though. I did. Okay. Yeah. What What do you think of the Harry Potters so far? Well, you know, have you read the first three at this point? Yeah. Is that, read, that read the deal? The, yep. One yeah. Three and um, it's yeah. this new thing people call Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. So have you guys heard of it? Maybe I, I don't. We got. You know, I know you're kind of like leading the the cultural vanguard yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Finally, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see what this was all about. This whole Harry Potter yeah. thing. Well, you've got you've got the young you got the youngins at home. Yeah, right? my seven year old. He wants to read it. Yeah, he started. You know, he's stealing the books and reading them when I'm not looking. Okay. So he 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 thinks they're great. Yeah. And the first, you know, so the first book, I was like, what, you know, okay. You're like, <laughs> what the bleep. <laughs> <laughs> is this <And> then the, <laughs> that's what I said in my head that's right and then the second book got so much better I mean you can more just, like J.K. Boren <laughs> yeah, and then like J.K. Awesome second book second book, book yeah. wow man she really takes yeah. off you know I, I actually haven't read the first three but I've read the last four what? I've seen the first three the films yeah but okay. I haven't read the first three but I've read the last four huh yeah weird huh that's strange yeah um, I'm not trying to interrupt you talking about it, though. <laughs> we'll get to that problem later, John. That's right. A strange problem. Uh, so you should read the first three. They're good. They're yeah. Good. I don't know about the last four, but they're on a good trajectory. Well, that's cool. So I've always wondered if I should go back and read the first three because they are shorter. And I will yes. say that what I really like about the last four is that they're much they're they're much longer and more immersive. Well, yeah. I don't. I can't say longer and more immersive, but they're long and immersive, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first book, book's not, but exactly. But yeah. the first one I know is pretty short. Um, I feel like the fourth one was really like the fourth one is just it's like a thousand pages, I think. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's just so like it's so 
there's when you see the movie after reading the book, you're like, man, they only got like half of the stuff in the book and in, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much, so much going on in the movie for mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire, or so much the going book. on in the book for Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that one, and that convinced me to read the rest of them. So well, there's something to it. Yeah, I mean, she could fill stadiums. She was oh. just reading it out loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? The phenomenon yeah. of uh, of Harry Potter over the yeah. last twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. Yeah. Did you want to talk to Should me about? I? Uh, it, it's totally up to you, man. It's what you want to talk <laughs> about. It's my show too. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm reading iRobot. I like I like to let Chris think it's his show too. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And here. then just rip it away from him. <laughs> Wait. What did I did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Man. So I'm reading iRobot. Isaac Asimov. Yeah, sorry, taking a sip of coffee didn't want yeah, to do that. Which is which we just found out this morning when I brought it up to you before we turned the Yeah. Push the button, turn this on. Is that it's a movie. Yeah. With Will Smith. Yeah, so Isaac Asimov wrote a book based on the movie. <laughs> yeah, really. The two thousand four yeah. movie. But the with strangest Will Smith. thing is that Will Smith never appears in this book. Man, that's so weird. It's strange, I know. But anyway, I'm reading iRobot. Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I got this book because my when my grandpa died, uh-huh. I, I got his library. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was on his shelf. Yeah. So sort of a sacred book to me. Oh, and awesome. Books. Yeah. Is it, Now, was this your maternal or paternal grandfather? Maternal. Maternal? Yeah. 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 So anyway, I started reading iRobot. Yeah. It has this sort of uh, this famous... Uh, theme in it about the three laws of robotics which doesn't sound very interesting hmm <laughs> maybe it's interesting to you and some of our listeners. i don't know what they are so you mean to read them to you but yeah i didn't know there were laws of robotics well according to isaac Asimov, the handbook of robotics 56th edition 2058 ad oh okay so, so he, he went to the future he went to the future in a time robots. machine and got this book okay so this <laughs> he is brought good these stuff. laws back to the 1950s yeah. all right so here are the three laws of robotics okay number one a robot may not injure a human being mm. or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Okay? Okay. So, do no harm to humans. Okay. Number two, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Hmm. Number three, mm-hmm. a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Wow. There you go. So, um, so, <laughs> I know I, I'm, I'm just trying to find a, I'm trying to find a, se- a, a, a segue into a, a, into a thought on the book. Well, tell, like, tell us how the book is. Like, okay. Or did you want to say something more about the three laws of robot? The three laws, yeah. Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, the- <laughs> how far into the book are you? Like, <laughs> I'm about 30 pages in. 30, 30 pages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's just fascinating. This guy writes in the 1950s, uh-huh. and he comes with these these laws for robots. Like, yeah. What were robots like in the 1950s? They were just... What were they doing? They were... Well, obviously, they were Terminators, because he had to write these laws. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, anyway, he... <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah. So, they were, yeah, they were, they were harming humans, and he had to, like, you know, right. describe these laws into their systems or something. No, robots are... Um, yeah, well, in the fifties, obviously, there wasn't much. You know, robots were more speculation than right. reality, but now they're yeah, they're like pretty yeah. real. You so know? in the book, he, there's it's sort of a montage of things so far. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going. He's sort of building it up to something about robots and 
you know, consciousness and oh yeah, are, you know, do they have souls? Human experience, you know, are they or they, you know, something like that. Yeah, but you know, perennial theme in futuristic robotic movies. Yeah, it uh, would not be surprised. I, I I expect there's probably I would not be surprised if there's already like a, a trademark on like the little like the lowercase i and then robot mm-hmm. you know out there and mm-hmm. some product is being produced. Yeah, let's see if I'm just gonna put that in Wikipedia and see what comes up. I robot iRobot Corporation is an American advanced technology company founded wow. in 1990 by three members at MIT's Artificial Intelligence Lab. It is on robots for space exploration and military defense. Huh. Uh, haven't these people seen Short Circuit? Come on, people. <laughs> Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Johnny Five alive, man. I feel alive. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We're. I mean, we're living. We're living in that. Uh, you know, know, maybe maybe not yeah. quite where the book is yet, yeah. but yeah. Um, well, he has them going to Mercury, and the robots are, you know, helping them mine something out, out of Mercury. And, okay. You know, there, there's a there's a continual play on the, the, the question of, you know, ro- like I just said, robotic, you know, do these intelligent, artificial intelligences have, what kind of consciousness do they have if they're sort of self-sustaining? Um, and Yeah. Um, you know, they seem to have feeling and stuff like that. Okay. Right on. So this is this is early. It's not too long, too, which is it's a nice little book. Because here's the thing, uh, Isaac Asimov. Um, like I've tried reading, um, I've tried starting the Foundation series. Do you know what that is? Like no. that's his big, that's his huge like science fiction. Um, I think that's I think it's probably the, the set of works he's most famous for. Because um, you know he he was a super prolific author, like sixty books or something. Yeah, crazy amount. And he probably there's probably still books he wrote that <clears throat> haven't been published yet or and something. I saw a picture of him the other day. Yeah. He had amazing sideburns. Huge, really? Huge sideburns. Um, let's see. I want to. I want to see. Think the, lamb I want to see them burns. Let's see here. Well, not in that picture. <laughs> they are not there. No, you no. call you call those amazing sideburns? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Scroll come on. Down, oh wait. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. See, I told you. Those are. Those have never been cut. I mean, those are some. He grew those after that first picture when like he was twenty. He started growing those sideburns. Those are some side torches right there. <laughs> side scorches. Yeah, there's the laws. Three laws. Look at that. Right on the Wikipedia page. Oh, the laws of robotics. There you go. Yeah, man. Um, the three. Well, let's, the yes. Three. Episode three, three laws. I know. How about that? It's crazy. I know. Um, let's, yeah, so, yeah, the, the the books that I was always, that I, like, I always saw lying around my house. I think I think my brother, my older brother would read them. Um, but maybe, maybe it was my dad. I'm not sure. Um was that it was it was called foundation and it's it's this multi um i th- i think somebody may have bought the rights to make a show out of this and it's probably one of those things that would make a really good show but where is it on this on this bibliography here um oh original foundation trilogy so the, yeah there's like three books and then i think there were more there were several more i believe um but the foundation series was the one I always knew associated his name with, um, and I tried reading the first one and it just, I don't know. I have a short attention. I have a hard time with fiction. Yeah. The older I get, it's, it's really, really kind of, it's really kind of annoying. That's why like, you start with like book four of the Harry Potter series. Well, I was like, I was like that, that was like probably 13, 14 years ago <laughs> that I read that. Okay. Um, you just wanted a shortcut. You just like jumped in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, what can I say? That's that, that's me. <laughs> um, I won't try to defend myself. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, but I know that like he's a super respected author, and and so part of me wants to give it a shot again. But this one looks relatively short, so maybe if it gets a good recommendation from you, then I'll give that another okay. shot. Yeah, I've always yeah. liked you know I've always liked um, like Ray Bradbury is another big science fiction author mm-hmm. um, from that kind of same era. Yeah, um, I've always liked his stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just too dumb to appreciate Isaac Asimov. <laughs> That's probably yeah. it. Well, the three laws of robotics, they kind of just fell on deaf ears. You're deaf ears, man. I know. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a horrible person, confessing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we should probably uh, begin the process of the main theme of this episode. To dis- the process of discussing the main theme of this episode, okay. uh, which is all about me. <laughs> Um, Chris, last week you spoke about your own conversion, your own process of first becoming a Christian mm-hmm. and then converting to Catholicism yep. specifically within Christianity. Uh, and this week it's my turn. Yeah. So you're on the hot seat, man. I am in the hot seat. So, um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this this past week. Like, what do I want to say? Cause there's so much I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to get to like, I didn't want to script it all out because, you know, I wanted it to be a little more. I want it to feel a little more authentic. Um, uh, so uh, here I go. I'm just probably going to ramble, end up rambling. Jump in. Uh, but I gave myself a little outline to keep me okay. on track a little yeah. bit. All right. So tell, um, tell us what you got. All right. So here, here's how it is. Um, you, you know, you talked about like a pretty dramatic conversion in college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you like. And I want to hear more about the specifics of this at some point because I feel like there's there's like things could go a little freaky in terms of yeah. <laughs> in, ter- yeah. in terms of it, but, mystical man. Mystical. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I really want to hear more about that at some point. Uh, for me, I think you know I was reflecting on this and like the the thing for me was I was always I I've been a Christian since like really I was conscious like conscious like I've I I from a young age I. I made a decision to like give my life to Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so a lot of that has, you know, I mean, probably most of it has to do with my, my family, my parents. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when, and here's the thing, like, um, I mean, I would really like to just say like I was baptized when I was a baby. Right. So like, there's something about that, right. The grace that that comes through, Mm -hmm. um, that comes through baptism, even, you know, even, um, even as a Protestant, like as a Catholic now, I look back on that, even though it was a, it was a baptism in a Protestant church, um, it was, it was still baptism, right? And, yeah. and all the, the grace associated with that came through, mm-hmm. um, you know, came through that baptism there, you know, for me, there's a little baby and, and, you know, through the, the belief of my, you know, my parents and, and what that conveyed into my life from a young age. Um, my parents were like very, uh, and still are very devout, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I, I think just, I think most people look and say, like they're like evangelical Christians, right? Yeah, like, yeah. uh, broadly speaking, I don't know exactly how they define themselves, but you know, that's how most people would probably look and say they're, you know, they're evangelical Christians. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a just big a category. Big yeah. Category. It's a big category, but you know, basically like they, they were, I, I want to mention their conversion because it's significant in my story. Um, they like, I think it was early seventies. So this is before, well before I was born. Um, they were like newlyweds or maybe they'd been married a year or two. Um, 
and they were like kind of culturally Christian, right? They would go to, they would go to church kind of like you were talking about your family, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they lived in the South and so it was like normal to go to church. Uh, even in most mm-hmm. of American society, I think it was pretty normal, like to be church people, uh, in that time. And, but they weren't like, they weren't Jesus people, right? They were just kind of like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're, you know, we go to church and yeah. sure I'm a Christian, I guess. It's the right yeah. thing to do. Um, and and they went to they 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 heard this thing and I think it was called uh, it, it was like at their church um, it was called like karate for Christ or something like that like some wow, guy came like really? this like amazing karate dude came and gave this like demo and then he like gave his tes- testimony no way, really? right yeah and and um, <laughs> it's amazing now my parents might might listen to this at some point and be like oh you're getting the details wrong but this is right. this is how I remember it mm-hmm. um, and and like a light came on for them. Like they were both. And and my dad tells in a really dramatic way. He's a great storyteller. Uh, he tells in a really dramatic way where it's, um, you know, they're just like sitting there like, Oh, this is so stupid. Like karate for Christ. What? And, and then all of a sudden, like he hears this guy's testimony and it's like, Mm -hmm. switch turns. Yeah. And he's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I believe this now. And there, he tells it like he's driving home with my mom after this thing. And they, they're like this really like kind of awkward silence and, and he's like afraid to say something, but one of them says something where it's like, kind of like, what did you think of that? <laughs> like, I, I thought it was pretty good, especially that stuff about Jesus. Yeah. Right. So they both kind and, of, and they're both like, were, you did too. Yeah. They're like this Touching relief. The heart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it's a really, something happened there. really amazing. Yeah, something happened. So, so they had that experience, right? That, mm-hmm. that whatever. With karate. Right. That That's mystical amazing. Some mystical experience where Jesus like touches their heart, yeah, right? Right. And the gospel message like captures them, and Zing. um, it is. It's kind of beautiful. But yeah. for me, I, I've like growing like I was just always Christian. Like I grew up in this household with these folks who were like mm-hmm. unconsciously trying to be Christians and wanting their family to be Christians, and so they were living that. And so that was like what I was nurtured in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's beautiful too. So exactly. And, but for a long time, like it was, um, it was something I was like anxious about. Cause you know, there's, there's this, there, there is a strand of the DNA, especially of like evangelicalism where it's like, if you don't have a conversion experience, then it's not as like authentic. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And, um, mm-hmm. like you, maybe you're just culturally, mm-hmm. you know, just a cultural yep. kind of believer, yeah. you know, cultural Christian. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was always a bit of ang- like anxiety about, about that is is unreasonable or reasonable or unreasonable as it may have been mm-hmm. and um and and so but i i looking back i will say like um i i did kind of have a a conversion experience but it was just as a very like young child right mm-hmm. so i'm like four or five maybe maybe six and my and my dad like he he's like i remember there was this period where we like read um, I think they had me reading uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe from a young age, right? Mm-hmm. right? And then and then my dad sat down with me, and like we read through the story of like the Passover from Exodus, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and, and, and I remember my dad like making this connection that, um, that Jesus was, that like uh, Jesus was the Passover lamb, and that Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia was supposed to be Jesus, right? right? Yeah. And uh and you know, so as a little kid, I'm like I'm like, "Oh, like Jesus is really cool," right? 
And so I like, I remember like, even after being baptized, like I think my dad, I think it was, it must've been the sinner's prayer or some kind of commitment prayer to, to give my life to Jesus at like five or six years old. Right. And it was a very like, I chose, yeah, right? Heartfelt and yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of wonder back on that and think, like, you know, even even being Catholic now, my kids growing up Catholic, like, is there something is there something really powerful to like having your kids, even at a young age, like even though they're baptized, like be like, let's talk about consciously like giving your life to Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And Which, you know, there's mm. there's different times that that comes into play, but mm-hmm. but that's something that's like. Mm, sticks up big in my life, right? Yeah. I mean, it's one of my earliest memories, Man. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I got to salute my parents in that because I'm just, I'm just very mm. grateful they did because, yeah. again, I feel like it was this huge grace-filled moment in my life. And from then on, I just, I, I'm not saying I was like the, the greatest little kid Christian <laughs> of all time, but like, <laughs> I just loved Jesus, right? Yeah. And I knew he loved me. Like, yeah. I... I just, every night I would go to bed and I would, I wasn't like, I didn't, I wasn't one of these kids that like prayed all the time or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I would always pray right before I go, right before I went to sleep. I would always like pray, you know, uh, I would just say like, thank you. Uh, thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. Right. You know, like, yeah. um, and I was just always very like emotionally moved by the notion that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Jesus loved me. Yeah. Right. Man. Yeah. So that's the real thing, man. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, so so that was like early early life. Uh, so you know, I've been one of these people. Um, I, you know, the, the, there was a quote that I was trying to find from one of C.S. Lewis's essays, and I finally found it. Um, we should, you know, we should talk about some of these essays at some point. The um, like the weight of glory. Have you mm, read that one by C.S. Lewis? Yeah, definitely. It's fantastic. It's been a long time. It, I haven't read these since I became Catholic, but I'd love to go back and read them now. Yeah. Um, but he's got this one in this book called uh, "Theology Is Theology Poetry." And I was thinking of this line. Um, he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, it, I didn't read that essay until much later in, uh, you know, it was, it, I was probably in college when I read that essay. Um, but I remember reading that and it meant so much to me to hear that because it's somebody who like didn't really think I'd ever, because like, the whole joke was like, you know, I was never a hell's angel, right? And that like converted to, you know, to Christianity, right? Like yeah. I was just this little kid, like pretty innocent little kid. Yeah. Like I mean, I think even in Catholic kind of Catholic philosophy and theology, like how responsible are you even for personal sins up to a certain age, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you you not you're not really totally rationally right. um, you know, functioning. Mm-hmm. But um but it was just for me like Christianity was always this thing that like I didn't necessarily take for granted, but it was just like the sun that was always risen that shone a light on everything. Yeah. And it filled me with like love and joy and, uh, just the goodwill that I had towards others. And I think it was a lot of the source of, of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I hope my son's like you. Oh, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm like, I was like the perfect kid or anything like that. I mean, I had my own issues, but I just always knew that I was like loved by God, yeah. you know. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And man, if only like every, if only every kid could know that, right? So I I give more credit to my parents in that regard, mm-hmm. um, and um, than than th- really anything else. Like you know, and and I'm sure they would point back to God and say it's all, you know, gl- thanks be to God, glory to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for all that. Um, but yeah, it's um. You know, hopefully for us, I mean, as, as, um, 
you know, as Christian, as Christian parents, right? Like that is the reality that our kids experience. Cause there, it is very possible for that to go wrong too. It is very possible mm. for your kids to come away with a very bad, bad impression. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, at the, con- at the concert last night, we had the experience of, um, if, if you go to big concerts now, you'll probably get this experience, especially in the South. Um, but we had the experience of like the, the, ugly protesting Christians, right? No Outside yeah, on the what? bullhorns yelling really? and, the, and the big ugly signs. Yeah. No way. Um, like it all, wasn't like the, the super, it or? wasn't like the super horrible group. Um, I right. won't, I won't name them, but like, yeah. um, but they were still pretty obnoxious like, and they, just don't they're, like... they were calling everybody human cigarettes cause they were all going to like, mm. you know, burn in hell and all this kind of stuff. And what? if they don't repent and, and it's just like, do you even know like anything about this man? Like <laughs> anyway, um, goodness, uh, really obnoxious. And they, they basically like, when you're going in the security area, they're like right there. It's yeah. like their, their protest area or whatever. Um, amazing. And so I was just thinking to myself, every concert. they're just always out there. Yeah. Like I, I saw, when I went to see you two several years ago, they were, they were outside the one in Louisville. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was the same group or not, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just, there's the people that give Jesus a bad name in different forms. Right. And, um, and, and for them, it's all about, it's all about judgment and damnation and, yeah. you know, um, uh, and, and all these kinds of things. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, for my parents, it was much more about like, it was much more about the joy, right. Mm-hmm. The joy of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and that was the thing that always rose above everything yeah, else. The serious um, business of heaven. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm thankful that for my parents that they handled it well. And like that I would, that I received a, like a good, like, I hate to say version, but like a good idea, like a good culture of Christianity and of the gospel from them, right? A very loving and nurturing yeah. you know, place. So, um, man, so, so there's that. And then, um, and then in my teenage years, you know, I really, I, I was still, you know, your teenage years bring all these interesting things that happen to you and, and all your friends and, and all these kinds of things. And so, you know, I, I would see like, um, I, I like, I, I would, I started to wake up to the fact that like more and more people, maybe who grew up in like Christian households, like didn't really seem to like have any interest in, in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if they did, it was very like, they would like be like, Oh, I love Jesus. And then they would just go and like live however the heck they felt like. Right. Um, <clears throat> and in different ways, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, and then, you know, there's also, you, you start to become aware of challenges to Christianity, right? Intellectual challenges right. to Christianity, yeah. right? People who say, oh, yeah. I don't believe in God, and people who, um, you know, people of other religions and, and, and all these sorts of things. And right. so, yeah. for me, that drove me to want to know more about, like, the rational basis for my belief, right? Mm-hmm. Um Am I just believing, you know, this person said that belief in God was some kind of fairy tale or fantasy, right? Um, you know, this other person, um, you know, is is of this religion and, you know, insists that it's... They're just as it's sincere the as you are. Exactly, right? yeah. They, they, they feel just as much. Right? Yeah, yeah, they feel very sincere about it. And um, and so I'm like, so how, how do, you know, I, I'm just learning how to process all this yeah, and what it means. Yeah, and so my dad and I started having lots of conversations about these sorts of questions. And, you know, he's a very, he's a very thoughtful person. And, um, and so we, you know, he would kind of guide me and say, Oh, you should read this. And I remember it was very pivotal for me, uh, to read, 
uh, is this guy named, I think his name is like Josh McDowell or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. like an early sort of yeah. apologist yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. who deals with a lot of, and, and it turns out apolo- apologetics has been around for since Christianity has been around. But he wrote several books um, that dealt with a lot of common objections to Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember reading... Um, uh, I remember reading like his defense specifically of the historical truth of the resurrection. Yeah. Cause one of the things you'll often hear is, Oh, the resurrection, it's just a nice, even from like, like some Christians you'll hear like, Oh, it's just kind of a nice story that, you know, that we believe and the spiritual truth of it is important. But right. you know, yep. Yep. but I was like, wait a minute. It's a mythic encasing to some sort of spiritual universal spiritual truth. Yeah. That's what you'll hear from some people. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, well, I was like, I kind of thought Jesus really rose from the dead. So I remember reading, you know, his defense of the historical truth of the resurrection. And I was like, it's like, yeah, okay. This mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Cause I think, there, I think I was at risk. I mean, I think it, I, I've always, there, there's a, um, there's a song that I've, uh, I've heard once or twice and it's, and it has a great title. It's like, um, uh, I can't shake Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and emotionally and spiritually, I definitely, like I can't shake Jesus. Like I, I think even if I were to not be a Christian, I would still be like very like haunted. Yeah. By by the idea of this like radical love, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which just really seems like supernatural, right? Yeah. But well, in Christianity, that radical love goes all the way. Yeah. Down. It's like the, the heart of everything. Exactly. And um, but but at the same time, I was like, uh, you know, I I kind of had this sense that if if the resurrection wasn't really true, then like Christianity wasn't true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, then it was just, then it really was just some maybe nice stories. Right. And, um, uh, so I remember like really getting into the idea of like, what is, did the resurrection actually, actually occur historically? Um, and so, so I can't, how old I, are you at this point? I'm probably, I'm, I'm like 13, 14, somewhere around there probably. Precocious um, boy. I, yeah, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't seem unusual for me at the time, mm-hmm. like in my mind. Um, it was just, I was naturally curious, mm-hmm. right. To understand these things. And because I love Jesus and I didn't, I didn't want to like put it all behind me. Right. Yeah. You know, I, did, I didn't want to just be like, well, I don't care. You know, I'd rather, you know, live my life a certain way. And so I'm going to reject Jesus just outright. I'm like, well, no, I can't do that. Like I gotta, I gotta understand what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and so I came away like convinced that, after reading these books that the resurrection was true, right? Like that, um, that there was, that there's this historical reality at the heart of this faith. Mm-hmm. It's always driven me crazy to hear people be like, like to drive this wedge between faith and reason. Oh yeah. Um, and be, and that's kind of the cultural common thought about religion is it's like, well, everybody's got their faith, their own personal set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just want to be like, what's the truth? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that's what matters. Yeah, it, it's always driven me a little crazy to, to hear people drive a wedge between faith and reason. I, you know, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just leave it at that, and that'll be a you know a topic we continue to explore on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like after that process, I'm like, okay, not only is this a supernatural thing, but Christianity also has a valid historical basis, like a, yeah. a basis in reality. This isn't just a religion of some kind of some guy's teachings. Yeah, right. There's nope. something more to it than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, <clears throat> um, there's an interaction between. God and and human beings, mm-hmm. um, and in fact, like we actually think that God became a human being, right? So, so that was a very pivotal thing for me, um, and it kind of re 
it 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 grounded it started to ground my faith not just as a as a like personal phenomenon of like feeling the presence of God but like in 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 a rational basis right yeah. like in an intellectual basis mm-hmm. and and so that led to all kinds of other intellectual kind of pursuits of other topics right mm-hmm. um you know um and just trying to better understand like different aspects of Christianity and uh, and so we were we were Presbyterian, so um, okay. we came from a you know kind of a reformed we, what we would call a reformed tradition, mm-hmm. um, which I know is you, you know that you went Same. to a reformed yeah seminary right yep. yeah yep. grew up Presbyterian um, yeah and so you know you get into like exploring a lot of the stuff with the Reformation and you know because mm-hmm. you start to distinguish yourself between other forms of Christianity right, right. Um, and say like okay why are we Presbyterian as opposed to like Catholics and Baptists and um, uh, Methodists or whoever, right? right. Uh, right. And really, like, just kind of the non-denominational thing that's become the phenomenon in the last generation or so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of like huge non-denominational churches in my hometown. Um, so, um, so you know, really, I just kind of went headlong into, um, you know, in, into under like just all kinds of the intellectual facets of 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 the Christianity that I that I've been brought up in. And um and what's interesting is around this time I grew I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and so um Louisville is a very Catholic city. Mm-hmm. Um it's got very like I mean like churches everywhere, Catholic churches everywhere. Huh. Um and it's I'm pretty sure it was and probably still is majority Catholic at least, you know, demographically. Yeah. Um and uh and so my parents, um, I think they, they also started to see me like rebelling in some ways and they wanted me to go like, um, this is an early high school, this period. early, like, yeah. yeah. And so they, they convinced me to go to school, you know, convinced me, I think they kind of insisted that I would go to school at, uh, at the school St. X, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, St. Xavier, mm-hmm. um, which was run by these, uh, Zaverian brothers and, uh, it's got all boys prep school. So I, here I am like getting more and more like reformed and thinking like Martin Luther and John Calvin and all these guys are great and I'm going to a Catholic school. Right. Hmm. So, and my parents were never like, like anti-Catholic like that. that would, they were never, they, they, they weren't Catholic, but they weren't anti-Catholic either. Yeah. Right. They weren't like fire breathing, like for yeah. Babylon, you know, right. kind of, kind of people defining themselves <clears throat> against. In, in fact, you know, yeah. they had lots of Catholic friends and, and they were very much like, Oh, absolutely. You know, Catholics can be, can be Christians. Absolutely. Like, <clears throat> but you know, they've got to have personal faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And let's be honest, a lot of Catholics don't. Mm-hmm. And, and especially in that time, <laughs> a lot right. of Catholics didn't. Right. Um, so that was like the qualifying, that was kind of the qualifying factor um, in, in, in all of that. But so it's interesting because I'm going, I'm going deep into apologetics and, and the intellectual side of Christianity and in my particular brand of Christianity. And then I'm in a Catholic school. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, the Catholic school and, and I, I love, this is a great school and I really love everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the teachers I had wonderful, wonderful community, like group of people yeah. made so many friends there. My teachers were out, outsta- were wonderful, but nothing explicit that nothing like the religion classes that I had to take all four years mm-hmm. didn't do anything to make me more Catholic. Right. In fact, they just made me more non-Catholic, right? Like more of my own version of Christianity because I wasn't really presented a lot. Like 
of Catholic truth in those classes. Huh. It wasn't necessarily anti-Catholic. It was just very like lukewarm kind of milk toast yeah. sort of stuff. You know, yeah. Um, there were no like, here's why you should be Catholic kind of kind of things. Maybe mm-hmm. that's because everybody already was Catholic, uh, for you know, yeah. for the most part, right? Um, but also, again, I just think it's like I don't know. It was there was just this thing in that in in that generation, like of the church in that period of the of the church in America, where it's like I don't know that there had been really this thought to like embrace apologetics to help Catholics better understand their own faith. Mm-hmm. Um at that at that period but there's a couple of things that i can point to that were pivotal uh in that in that period and the first one and it, <laughs> i yeah uh, this is uh, it'll be interesting to see how people react to this um we would have there would be like a school mass every semester where we'd all gather in the gym and that priest would come and and, and do mass and mm-hmm. i mean this is probably a thousand kids in the school right mm-hmm. maybe more maybe more than that um but i didn't know any better and I received the Eucharist at one of those masses. Yeah, because no one told you. No one yeah, told me that I wasn't supposed to. Did. Right? Yeah. No one told me that I wasn't supposed to. And my my logic is like I asked my dad. I was like, should I? And I think we talked about this every time, and, and the, the answer was always kind of like vague and different. I think mm-hmm. maybe sometimes he would tell me no, and then sometimes he would say like, well, I you know I don't know. What do you think? You know, and um, and I'm my logic is like, okay, well, I believe in communion as a Presbyterian, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I believe like, I believe the Catholic church is fine. Right. Um, I love Jesus. And so this communion is a sign of my love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't thinking this is the real presence. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I don't know that I was necessarily like, I, yeah, I may have been a little bit like denying in my mind that it was, but, but again, like it was innocent. Like I still had faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was nothing like I cannot look back. And I, here's the thing. I'm a pretty like, I'm a pretty scrupulous person, right? I can, I can get, in fact, that's one thing that I've, you know, that Catholicism, I think has kind of helped heal me of Hmm. that may be a whole nother story for another time. But, um, but I've never had any like look back and been like, Oh, I did, you know, I did a bad thing there. Right. Right. Like I was like doing a bad thing. Like it was an act of faith. Like it totally was. And I didn't know what I was make like necessarily the whole truth of what I was doing. Yeah. But, Yeah, I'm not, I was, I'm not scandalized. Yeah, right. And and mm-hmm. and I I fail to be scandalized by my own action even right. now as a Catholic yeah. for yeah. ten years, right? right. Um, and I really think that there was like, I, something something important happened there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like because that was Jesus. Now I know that was Jesus that I received in the Eucharist. Yeah, and I had faith in Jesus, and so it planted the seed I think mm-hmm. in my soul, mm-hmm. right? Even though there was nothing else that was really drawing me to Catholicism, especially intellectually at that time. Hmm. Um, it was a seed that was planted, I think. Man. And um, and then... You entered the Red Lamp District. I entered the Red Lamp District, most assuredly. Mm. Yeah. So, um, now, and again, I want to, I want to like, say, like, I think just being around the culture, even even if it was kind of a, maybe a somewhat lukewarm culture, just being around, right? There was a chapel in the school, mm-hmm. you know, just being around Jesus and the culture of Catholicism in the church... I think was a good thing. Like, yeah. I think there was, huh. I think there was grace that came through that yeah. to me, you huh. know? Huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, again, again, like, you know, you take the good with the bad, um, and the bad with the good, but, um, you know, that was, it, it was definitely an interesting thing to be kind of this decidedly not Catholic Christian going to a Catholic school, you know, and they're really these formative years for me. Yeah. So, huh. um, 
So yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Um, so all through high school, you're, you know, you went to the same school. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and so after high school, um, I went to the Naval Academy right out of, right out of high school mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, in Annapolis, Maryland, and it's where you go to become an, it's one of the ways you can become an officer in the Navy. Uh, did my four years there. Um, so yeah, just real yeah, quick. Go ahead. What, what was leading you there? Just as a side. I mean, why, why did you become a, actually it was kind of, <laughs> I was a very like idealistic kid in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was, it was funny cause I was in a, I was in a band and I really loved music. I was in a couple of bands in high school and, and some things happened late in high school. Like, like one of the bands started kind of started to get some traction mm-hmm. and then it just all kind of fell apart overnight. And, and this was like probably late junior year. Yeah. And, um, it was really, <clears throat> um, discouraging the yeah. way it all happened. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a story I might tell another time. Um, but, um, I think after that, like when it all fell apart, you know, I was like, it's like, what do I want to do now? And I was thinking, you know, maybe it'd be great to go, you know, I really love the ocean. I really love the sea. I, I love the idea of being out at sea. And so I'm like, hmm. and my parents had, had like, had always said, oh, I think you should go to the Naval Academy. You know, I think you should try it. Look, like, look at the Naval Academy. I think you might really like that. I had good grades and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, so I was like, we went for a visit in my senior year, early in my senior year, and I was just really impressed by it for a variety of reasons. And I liked the idea of being close to the, close to the ocean. And yeah. I was kind of, I liked a lot of poetry that had to do with the sea and like, mm-hmm. you know. So you're um, literary at this point. Cause I know you've. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like I read, uh, I think I read Moby Dick of my own choice, you know, mm-hmm. when I was like, and it was a long book to read of your own choice in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, um, that led me, that led me to, uh, you know, choose the Naval Academy. And, Interesting. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting decision to look back on. You know, I think it was, it's obviously, that's a huge choice to make when you're that age because you're leaving the normal college experience behind, like the, the normal, I'm using scare quotes there. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I do look back sometimes and I'm like, you know, it would have been cool to like be in a, maybe go to a different college, and like be in bands and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, you know, I think I was just so discouraged by my first real band falling apart. Huh. Um, that I was just like, oh, there's, you know, I'm just done with this. There's no future in this for me. I'm going to go and be, um, a sailor. you know, go and, go and be a, go and be a sailor, go and be, you know, Mr. Navy. So mm-hmm. did that, did that for four years. You know, I, I kind of continued down that, that path of being, you know, kind of going more into intellect, the intellectual side of, of Christianity and maybe even went a little too far in that direction. I think mm-hmm. you, what do you I, mean? well, that's that's a weird thing. It is a weird thing to say. I think you can just get to the point where your your faith can become overly rational, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you're just so smart, like two dimensional. You're and, just and, connecting the dots. And, and that's I'll it. and I'll say that in um, and I think this. I think you can find this in just about any tradi- any Christian tradition. Um, there is a there is a risk of over intellectualizing uh, things, like wanting mm-hmm. to wanting to put it all nicely in a box. Yeah. And you're, you're reducing it, the real, you know, the real rationality of it, you're reducing it to your kind of sort of the limits of your, your, own, your, your own, own mind. Reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, and your categories and the mm-hmm. things that you're familiar with exactly. and, and you're not making room for the possibility of other, like, um, to be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and, and also just other 
like the experiences of other people, yeah. um, uh, just other realities. And you, you kind of, you, you get this myopic sort of thing where it's like, well, my, my intellectual take on these things is, you know, the only yeah. kind of acceptable view. Yeah. And, yep. and so there's a closed mindedness that can come with that. Now I, you know, I, I never, um, I never went too far down that. I, I saw other people going really far down that road. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I don't like the way this person like, deals mm-hmm. with it. So I would kind of be like, mm, it's too, too far. Like you're, you're too, you're too like, um, you got it too tight knit, too wrapped up, too much of a bow on it. Right. So you came um, to this realization. Yeah. Like, and, and I just realized, I started to realize that there's like, there, like Christianity is so diverse, even yeah. just in America, Christianity mm-hmm. is so diverse. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is my own, um, uh, gosh, like just even even with my like grandparents, uh, like you mentioned, you mentioned your maternal grandfather earlier. I was very very close with my own maternal grandfather, hmm. um, and he he was just such, I mean, such a good man. Like, um, and and just loved Jesus so much, and um, and you know he was like uh, he he was like an an, an Episcopal he was Episcopalian. And so even then I'm like, what's the difference between Episcopalian and, um, so I, you know, I would go to like Episcopal church services whenever I went to visit them mm-hmm. and the big cathedral and everything. And I'm like, this is a beautiful church, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like a lot different from what my experience of church would be, which mm-hmm. was kind of like the church, you know, church in a box. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that sounds weird. Like the church, you know, in like a warehouse or something like right. that, like a converted warehouse. Right. right? Or just um, take it home with you and open it up. <laughs> oh, I found a church. Yeah. Um, so, I, I just, I, there were, and there were other people, you know, other experiences that I saw, even just being at the Naval Academy, like being a part of like, um, uh, the, like the Christian sort of extracurricular things they had, um, would expose me to other people from other backgrounds in Christianity. And, you know, I just realized like there, I may not have been drawn to those particular aspects, but I was like, I still respected the faith of those people. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I, you know, I may have my views, but I may not be right about those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was yeah. a, there's an intellectual humility, yeah. you know, in that. Man. Um, and, and also you just don't want to be arguing about it all the time. Right. right. You want to, you want common ground. You want to be a lover. You know, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to just be like, yeah, man. Hey, we may have a disagreement, brother, but you know, I love you and we both love Jesus, you yeah. know? And, um, uh, you, you know, because it life I don't know life just seems too short to get all hung up on uh you know just being an argumentative a-hole all the time yeah so um it's not the way yeah um but uh so so I went through Naval Academy um really just it was kind of further down the road of of the road I was already on in terms of Christianity and um and then joined the submarine force and uh, that was a pretty incredible experience so I was I was in submarines for about 5 or 6 years Mm. Um, and you know, literally, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty much all the time on a submarine. Um, no, uh, so, uh, and it was towards the end of, towards the end of that period that, um, I think I, I've started to become exposed to some of the Catholic arguments, mm-hmm. but one thing that I have to point out, right, is that, uh, it was late at the Naval Academy that. Uh, this is around 2001, right? Like okay. towards the end of my time at the Naval Academy, um, people started making a big deal about this book, The Lord of the Rings, by oh, J.R.R. Tolkien, oh, man. right? Yeah, because 
there was this big movie coming out called Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And it was an adaptation of the first mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings book. And I started hearing like Christians talk about what great books these were and mm-hmm. you know, this, what a Christian Tolkien was and everything mm-hmm. like this. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So by this point, you had not read. No. I'd read The Hobbit when I was a child. My dad made me read The Hobbit one summer. And I got to say, like, he made me re- read it and then do a book report on it. Yeah. And I loved The Chronicles of Narnia, but The Hobbit was too, like, I even, I thought it was too long, like, which is funny to me now. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. that was, um, yeah, yeah, like, so that was my only impression of Tolkien. And I was like, eh, you know, it was all right, but whatever. I'm, you know, I never read The Lord of the Rings on my own, right? And, and uh, up to that point. And then I go and see this movie because everybody's going to see this movie. And I'm just like, and I knew Tolkien had some kind of Christian roots mm-hmm. and there was some Christian like kind of significance to the, to the, to the book or to the, you know, to, to fellowship of the ring. And I just was like, I fell in love with this movie. Right. I was like, Oh my gosh. And mm-hmm. I, so before the two towers film came out, that was like a year space. I had read the Lord of the Rings twice by then. Right. Which is a long book. Yeah. I knew the whole story by yeah. the time the second one came out. Right. Right. And, and I just remember, like, I fell in love with Tolkien's view of the world in this book, yeah. right? Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is, like, there's, there, it, how do you communicate? Like, I, you can't communicate that in just a few words. Right. This is why I have a podcast on Tolkien people. So go listen, <laughs> go subscribe and listen to that, The Tolkien Road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear all about my going deep into Tolkien stuff. And we'll talk some about, we, we plan to talk about, because I, I want to get your take on some things from Tolkien cool. um, eventually, but. Um, that was huge. That was pivotal. And, mm. and that started getting me on this thing of like, I wanted to, I wanted to explore more people talking about Tolkien from a Christian perspective. So I found this guy named Peter Kraft. Okay. Right. Yeah. Who's written some on Tolkien. He, and, and gave some talks, right. And this mm-hmm. is early, early, still pretty early in the internet age. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you can find him like talking at like Episcopal churches about Tolkien, Lord of the yeah. Rings and, yeah. and, and these sorts of things, connecting them with Christianity. And mm-hmm. I'm like, like, oh man, I just love this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, and this guy, Peter Crave, man, he's a great speaker. I need to find out more what he's about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I find out he's like mm-hmm. former reform guy who became Catholic. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, people do that? Yeah. People go from being non-Catholic to Catholic? I thought it was only the other way, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that got me like starting to become familiar with the idea of like the argue, like why a person would do that, mm-hmm. right? So, so what, what was it about Tolkien's work? I mean, I know you just said it was impossible to put into words, but dude, what I'm what, looking at the time what changed your, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, give it to us, give it to us in like 10 seconds. Ten, dude, that's impossible. Um, I, I can only say like sacramental worldview. Like yeah. that's how I look at it now. Like yeah. just that the world is shot through with meaning. Mm-hmm. Like it is just mm-hmm. all the way down. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's deep and unfathomable, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's mad, and it feels, and, and I don't like this word as a Tolkienian because Tolkien doesn't like the word magic, mm-hmm. um, but it feels it feels magical. It's and the word he yeah. would prefer enchanted. is like enchanting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, it's it's enchanted, right? The world is enchanted, mm-hmm. and and that's how Tolkien sees the world. Yeah, and um, and and so that was what I think I picked up mm-hmm. on, and I picked up just the the wonder and the enchantment that that Tolkien sees in the world. Yeah. And I was like, where does that come from? And I knew it came a lot in large part from Christianity, but I didn't know quite yet that it came so much from specifically Catholicism, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, 
Um, so this is 2001 um, that I start becoming familiar with Tolkien, and then that leads me to Peter Kraft, and um, and then eventually, you know, I, I'm not like on the Catholic road yet, just yet, but I'm I am becoming familiar with like some other Catholic apologists and arguments they make for why a person, why a Christian should be a Catholic and, and, and these sorts of things. And, and I'm starting to get a little scared because I'm like, some of these things actually make a little sense. And there was a big question that always, that is, I went deeper intellectually in Christianity always haunted me a little bit mm-hmm. and I could never find a satisfying answer for it. And that was like, like, okay, so the Bible is what we base our faith on. Right. But like, how do we know that, that this, like the Bible is, how do we know, how do we know, like what, what precedes the Bible and the like intellectual order of knowing, right? Um, That's really the question. So like um, my dad would always, uh, like whenever I get into discussions about right and wrong with friends who were like, um, you know, challenging me on why, like, you know, I thought like sex before marriage was wrong, right? Um, and they'd be like, Oh, you know, it's, it's cool. Right. You know, and, and my dad, and I would have like conversations about this kind of stuff with my dad. Right. And he would say like, the question you always need to ask people is by what standard. Right. Cause you as a Christian have the standard of, of, of scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a standard to them for them. It's just because I feel like it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's a good, yeah. Yeah. That's, there's something about that. This is back in high school. Right. So that was a big one for me. But then eventually that started to push me to be like, well, why is the Bible my standard, mm-hmm. right? Why is the Bible my standard? And, I was, and it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't sophistry. It was just like, yeah. why? You know, like, mm-hmm. like it was a curious, genuine intellectual question. Um, and so I read a lot trying to understand that from different Protestant perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I could never find something that would felt really satisfying because there was like, I know this book didn't just fall out of the sky. It didn't. Because, yeah. And and it's like furthermore, kind of book. my faith is in Jesus, right? Yeah. Like in the yeah. person, not not in necessarily in a book, mm-hmm. right? Now I understand the connection that Protestants try to make between Jesus and the book, but I'm like, what what else is going on in that in that space, right? And I started to get this sense that like, okay, Scripture, like, it this this is a more complex question than what I've always been taught, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, and that got me more interested in like the history of Christianity before before the Reformation, because mm-hmm. in my mind. Christian history was Jesus and the apostles and the new apostles die. And then 1517 happens. Yeah. And, and right in some, at some point in there, you have this guy, St. You have this guy, Augustine, who was a proto Protestant, was a proto Calvinist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is not true, but like, um, but he, but you have, uh, that's like the only thing. That's like the only important thing between the age of the apostles and, uh, and the Reformation, mm-hmm. right? And and mm-hmm. again, I know that's a character, and I know there's probably Protestants who will listen to this and think like, oh man, that's so... But that was like what I received, right? That yeah. was what I received in my yeah. Protestant upbringing. Absolutely. And um, and so I actually went, uh, you know, and, and so I'm wrestling with these things over many years, right? And I get out of the Navy, and I kind of go through this um, really dark period, like where... And I think, and it's interesting because I think a lot of people go through this at that certain age, and I'm learning more about this now. Um, but like, <coughs> this is like early twenties. So this would have been um, 2007, 2008. Um, so I would have been like almost 30. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm married, and I have uh, I have two 
two kids, almost three, you know, three on the third on the way, mm-hmm. uh, in a not too distant future. And, um, I'm getting out of the Navy and I, and I knew I just didn't want to be in the Navy. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I kind of wanted to do something that involved the intellect and creativity, but I needed to support my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel you, man. yeah, you're like, Oh man, I feel you. Um, and, and I just felt lost on so many levels. Like I felt, it's so, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to like completely understand like what was going on in that time. And I mm-hmm. can only look back and say like, I really think it was the Holy Spirit at work in some way that's like mm-hmm. still somewhat inscrutable to me. Right. Uh, because it was very dark. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'll say it like I, there were times and I didn't like, I had suicidal thoughts at different times, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wasn't, like, suicidal. I wasn't, like... But I think there was some kind of depression going on, you yeah. know? Um, Where were you guys living? Here. You are in Nashville. At this yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah, we moved uh, to Nashville straight out of the Navy in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still, you know, still PCA, Presbyterian Protestant um, at this time. Um, but I just remember, like, in all of this, I felt like... I was, like, a part of... Like, I, I feel like I had a view of God that wasn't that was maybe more judgmental and harsh than merciful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, and like, I'm just wrestling with, you know, like questions of forgiveness and maybe I'm wrong about God. Maybe God does, doesn't actually exist, but I was just like, but I can't shake Jesus. Like Jesus, I know he's there. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, I know I'm a Christian, right? I know I believe in Jesus and I know Jesus loves me. And so it was like this, I, I, even in the midst of all this, I still had this rock, but it felt very distant. It felt mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to call it, but it was just this very dark period. Yeah. And, um, and I just remember when I would listen to Catholic things, like listen to Catholic speakers, listen, you know, to, um, I just, I just felt like a, a stronger sense of, of mercy, like mm-hmm. coming through and of grace. And, um, and, and, but, I, and I also like, as I opened myself to things, I start like, I started to find the arguments. I was like, yeah, there's a reason I was avoiding this stuff. Cause it, it's really intellectually convincing. Yeah. And, um, so I started to become a little more open to it and I can still remember like a moment at which I was like, I was at work and I think I've been listening to one of Peter Crave's talks and I'm just like, I'm right. I like walked out into the hall and like had to get a deep breath and I'm like, okay, Lord, I feel like you're calling me to do this. So please don't hold it against me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to like, op- be, I'm officially opening myself to the possibility that Catholicism is true. Yeah. Right. Be- before you, I'm doing this. Right. Um, and, uh, and be careful I, when you do that. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I knew like, I mean, there was no going back at that point. Right. Yeah. Once I opened myself, it was like, cause I think I was already convinced <laughs> in many ways by then. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, but I was like, no, 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 no. Can't be true. No, it can't be true. Like, you know, you're just like, cause, yeah. cause I knew it would be consequential for my relationships with so many people. Yeah. My parents, uh, my wife, especially cause she was not on, on board with it mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was, it was a little terrifying, but you know, I can remember doing that. I can remember like praying a rosary for the first time. And again, like being like, Lord, I just want to be close to your mother. Cause I feel like there's something to that. Don't hold it against me if I'm not supposed to be doing this. I really think I, you want. I really think you want me to do this. And you know, praying a rosary for the first time by myself. And um, you know, uh, and what can I say? I mean, like I, from that point on, like it was just full on in to mm-hmm. Catholicism, and I haven't looked back. Um, 
I was very circumspect. Like I, I went through, I audited a, um, a church history course from a reformed seminary. Did you? Um, like on like online, like listen to all the lectures for mm-hmm. the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking like, okay, maybe like, maybe there's just things about church history that I'm missing. Like maybe it's more complex even than the Catholics say it is. And, and, and to be certain, it's really complex. Yeah. Um, but I was like, maybe after listening to this, you know, I'm going to, cause this seems to be like really solid stuff from a Protestant perspective. So I'm going to listen to this and see if they can convince me. Right. Um, to stay. And I was very open to being convinced. I just remember like two or three, you know, two or three classes. in, I was just like, this isn't going to convince me. I listened to the whole thing, yeah. but I was like, this is just reassuring me that Catholicism is true. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, because you go into, I mean, it's John Henry Newman who said like, you, you know, to be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you go into it and you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like Protestantism is just this little, it, it's, it's, it's a little part of what Christ of what yeah. Christianity has been historically. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it's just so much more, there's just so much more to it than what you get here. Yeah. Right. Wild Wild um, West. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, um, 2009, you know, I really started going to church and, and Greta, thanks be to God, Greta really, um, you know, there was, there was definitely a difficult point and, uh, you know, there, there was, a I guess there it was a it threatened our marriage, right? You know, mm-hmm. for you know, for maybe a little bit of a period there, but but thanks be to God, like, you know, I think we had a we had a really good like marriage foundationally and and she's a champ. So yeah. um and she was like she op- it was tough for her and she's got her own story to tell us for sure, but like she was very um you know, she she had faith enough to be open and uh and and you know, she came into the church with me in twenty ten and okay. So yeah, um, it's just like now nine years in, it just seems like taken for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like of course Catholicism is true, but I, I don't take it for granted. But like, just part of who you are. Yeah, you know, it's like I remember saying to her just maybe one or two years after becoming Catholic, like this just seems like the way the church, like church, is supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. which is a very weird way of putting it. But yeah, um, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, it's just like okay, yeah, this like so. So many of the things that I always struggled with for so long, it's like I don't struggle with those things anymore. There's, there's, you got your other. There's plenty of other things, right? But plenty like plenty of other things, plenty of other things, which we can't obviously can't talk about right now. But, um, but yeah, that's Man. that's really that's really all of it, you know, in a uh, in a nutshell. And uh, mm-hmm. there's you know, like your story, there's much more that could be said about specific things. Yeah, uh, I didn't even get a chance to mention some of the some of the really like maybe the more um, you know miraculous things that maybe happened along the way that mm. the, the, the couple of times I've had the curtain peeled back for me, or even I've had God kind of like give me clear signals. And mm. I'm not a, I'm not a see God and, yeah. you know, see, Sign. see the face of Mary, see the face of Jesus and a grilled cheese person. Right? right. Like I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to those kinds of things, but mm-hmm. I've had some things that have happened to me where it's been like, yeah, you know, it feels like the, pre- you know, like the presence of God, Something's like if you, you get the sense that like God's like putting his hand on your shoulder being like, you're good. Like keep mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? We should do a show on that. Oh yeah, totally, totally. We will. Yeah, there there because everybody's like, so many people have those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Um, well, man, that's an amazing story. I like it. Thanks, man. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Just nourishing me, nourishing my soul to 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 hear that story. It you know it does it nourishes. Uh, these are great stories to share, and um, 
you know, we want to definitely have more people on to share their own stories mm-hmm. of conversion. Yeah. Um, and, and really because it's not, it's not like, it's not for me, like it's never been for me about like conversion away from like this horrifying thing of yeah. Protestantism. Like I look at that and I'm like, I was taught like, again, like I, I go back to my parents and I'm just like, man, they taught me to love Jesus and I wouldn't be a Catholic today. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be a Christian today probably if they hadn't taught me to love Jesus. Cause mm-hmm. I would have, I have a cynical aspect to who I am that probably would have just rejected mm-hmm. like Christianity from the get go. Right. So yeah. like, I just have to look at my parents and be so thankful to them and, um, you know, for bringing me up to love Jesus and, um, yeah. and, so, and what a, you know, foundational thing that is. Yeah. It's a deeper immersion, not conversion. Exactly. Kind of Ex- exactly. Like yeah. you, you, you just feel like you feel great gratitude for your, you know, yeah, I mean, there's certain things you, you your beliefs are not quite the same, but but really, it feels like more of a fulfillment. You know, it always feels like more of a fulfillment than anything else. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, man. Um, well, thanks for sharing that story. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for listening to me uh, talk about my own journey into the Catholic Church. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and we got more great stuff coming at you. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of the Red Lamp District. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. All right, talk at you next time, everybody.